because I ran out of money the first day I landed uh, in Nairobi. I ate a huge, huge breakfast and lunch, and I'm like, oh, now what am I going to do? And then I figured out these people at night, you know, when these buses come bringing fruits from Tanzania, mm. they usually park down there in Marikiti, so we used to go sleep under under the lorries. Once the driver is asleep, you just wake up, steal a few <laughs> pineapples, oranges. Yeah, when it's cold, you go to the bus station. These buses from up country just go chill by the exhaust pipe. It was nice and warm. Yeah, so it was. I would say it's it was a um, life-changing, eye-opening experience. I'm sad that I put myself through it, but glad I yeah. went through it. Salam and hello everyone. My name is Lily Bakala Piper and welcome to the show. Today you are in for such a treat. I am so thrilled that today on the show we have Dennis Ombachi joining us. Perhaps you're a rugby star and you know Dennis as one of the members of the Kenyan Sevens, also a Kenyan Olympian who represented the country in the 2016 Rio Olympics. Or maybe you, like me, are a TikToker who has loved his content as the roaming chef and also recently named as TikTok's top African content creator for 2022. Or perhaps you also know Dennis from his work as just a chef, somebody who is making delicious meals and oftentimes taking those meals to the kids across the city. However you may have been introduced to Dennis, I think you're going to love today's episode. Dennis joins us to talk about his work and his life, how he went from being a young rugby star to a content creator to a father, what he finds inspires him, the mentors who have guided his career, what he loves to make in the kitchen, and what he's going to do next in his life and in the next chapter of his story. We had a lot of fun on today's episode, and for the first time, I do believe, Dennis cooked an Ethiopian meal. We got busy in the kitchen, we made some tips, we had a good time. I cannot wait for you to get into this episode. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, my new friend, the roaming chef, Dennis Ombachi. Dennis, Thank you so much for being on Salam and Hello today. It's such a pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. We're really delighted. We've all been buzzing and excited to have you here. And, you know, my family knew you were coming. My sons and, and others who are rugby fans were just so jazzed to meet you, which makes me wonder, you know, with all of the roles that you've played from rugby star to chef to content creator, you know, where do you begin when you introduce yourself to people these days? I think when I introduce myself, I focus on the beat that people choose to forget <laughs> the fact that i'm a former kenya sevens rugby player international uh the fact that i competed at the olympic games there are only a few of us mm. walking in this earth yeah and then the rest usually pretty follows that because nowadays people just know me from my cooking my tiktoks the awards uh, i won from tiktok like the top creator in africa 2022 yeah, but awesome. for me that's just um a byproduct of my rugby career. Rugby's all defined me. Yeah, and you know, just reading about your career, I think I was amazed at how you ended up in rugby. So if people yeah. are forgetting that you're a rugby star, maybe it's worth you sharing with us how you ended up in the sport in the first place. How I ended up in the sport is uh, it's a long story. I don't think we have enough time <laughs> for that here, but to sum it, to sum it up, um, Around form form two, while I was in KCI school, 
I joined rugby just to sort of escape some chores in school. Uh, so my first year, I'll say my first, second year, I really didn't like rugby. Uh, I didn't join the game because I love the game. I joined the game to escape some, some duties. And later on, uh, when I joined Kiambu High School around in Form 3, that's when I, I took it a bit more seriously. Uh, but it was just as a sort of release for me. So I think I, I came to fall in love with the game. Later on, when I joined the national team, I'd made uh, new friends, traveled the world, uh, taught me different values, discipline, mm -hmm. commitment, you know, showing up each and every time. So rugby is a sport that I came to love along the way, but ideally to start with, it was a means to an end. Actually, the reason why I started playing club rugby was looking forward to join the national team so that I can escape poverty. <laughs> that was my main reason. <laughs> but you know, many people, that doesn't work out for many people, but for, for you it did, you know? That's pretty remarkable. I, I think um, anything you put effort into it, um, mm. as much as I didn't like it as much to begin, I knew this was my only chance. It was mm. my only means out of <laughs> what people call the hood. Mm. So I gave my all into it, of course, with the support of lots of players like uh, Africa Yangi was my mentor. Uh, I I put in my, my shift, I put in a lot of work, so and nothing comes easy. So yeah, you don't absolutely. have to like what you're doing. As long as you put in the effort, it will reward you. You've talked about in other places some of the mentors that you've had along the way in the mm -hmm. sport. You, you've mentioned one now. What what role have other people played in that the start of your career because rugby led to everything else that has come mm -hmm. you know what what have those mentors meant to you in your path uh, the different mentors i've had in in life they have shaped shaped me to the person i, I am i've had a lot i've had the likes of humphrey i've had people like jimani i've had someone like gordon ramsey doesn't know he was my mentor but i've been following him like since since I got the internet TV, since the, <laughs> since the internet existed. Yeah, so, and everyone needs a mentor. I know there are people, they gave me their shoulders um, to stand on. Uh, so it's always nice to have someone you're looking up to, someone that you know, in case things don't go your way, you have somewhere to go back. So mm -hmm. for me, apart from saying my mom or my parents, apart from them the, being my family, being my parents, they also, to some extent, my mentors because also look up to my mom, the discipline she, she has, the perseverance and everything. Yeah, so I believe everyone in life needs a mentor and they've shaped me to the person mm. I am. And up to now, I still look up to different people. Um, currently, I think the person who inspires me the most is my, my partner. Like mm. she's the one who pushes me or you know, gets me off the, car, the couch because I can be a bit lazy sometimes. And that's why she took up the, uh, the mantle of being my manager as well. <laughs> yeah, so everything you see me doing, like, she's even the one who actually told me to join TikTok. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, because I was only on Instagram, Twitter. I was like, TikTok, what, what, should I, what will I be doing on TikTok? I don't know how to dance. She was like, just, just do it. There are also some shapes inside there. And yeah, up to today, TikTok is the biggest platform I, mm. I have. Yeah, so mentors, 
do play a huge role. Yeah, it takes a it takes a village, as they say. Yeah, it takes a village. <laughs> so let's go back to those rugby roots, because you know anybody who's a fan of the sport, anyone who's a fan of Kenya Sevens, for sure knows that you are the one who scored that try against Zimbabwe oh, yeah. that led Kenya to qualify for the 2016 Olympics. So take us back to that moment. What did that feel like? At uh, that moment, that particular moment, um, I won't lie and say it felt special or anything. Uh, for me, at uh, that particular moment, it was just a regular day in the office uh, that I need. I needed to get the, the job done. So, But I think it is the confidence that the team showed uh, on me because I started the game off the bench. So I came in, we were trailing the... Huta had already gone, so had, they, had Zimbabwe kicked the ball out, we were definitely out of the Olympics. So, but fortunately enough, uh, Biko caught the ball, passed it to Collins, and then I just had everyone was just saying, pass to Wombachi, pass to Wombachi. And I got the ball and sort of had a brain freeze, I blocked I, I don't know if I was supposed to pass but looking back at the video I, sh I actually should have passed the ball because there were people uh, on my outside but then I decided oh, let me just I'm fresh let me just run and before I know it I had scored the try wanted to wake up to catch a breath and then everyone was just falling on top of me so at that particular moment in time it was just a regular day we managed to win the game but Looking back, 2016 is a long time uh, back, and uh, the more the years go by, the the more I kind of realize like what we achieved was was something something special, something that we should not take for for Absolutely. granted. Yeah, we yeah. were. I, I don't want to say we were lucky because we worked for the win. So yeah, it's something special, and every time I look for the uh, I look at the video every now and then because so, it pops up in my timeline from time to time and i'm like yeah we are we were a special bunch of brothers i mean have you showed that video to your kids are they old enough to appreciate no those kids don't appreci <laughs> appreciate me enough now like recently i have my i had my ad on i had an ad i did with ken chick and they were watching cartoons the ad came on they didn't even they just waited three seconds <laughs> and skipped it immediately not even caring if they are nothing baba on TV. nothing yeah i'm like that, that that's what's paying uh, paying your bills and you guys are just skipping my ads they're there to keep you humble you know you've yeah, gone to are. olympics and they're bringing you back home humble you kids will humble you <laughs> they will so you know you said that was a regular day in the office in that game but but i do want i you you've said also representing your country how special that was in the mm -hmm. olympics so take me to that moment maybe going into rio going into that stadium and Kenya national oh. team is walking around the track. I mean, come on, give us what that felt like. <laughs> the Olympics was special. Um, I keep telling people, because many people ask me, um, you retired quite early. I was like, yeah, I know I quit the, the sport early, but if I was to be given another chance to play the game, I think it will only be at the at the Olympics. Mm. The atmosphere is different. Um, you meet all these other athletes, world class at athletes from all over the world. I think that's the first time I met face to face. Even ate in the same dining area with Usain Bolt. You know, we were taking photos there with um, was it Djokovic, uh, Serena wow. Williams, yeah. Andy Murray, or something like that. Mm. Yeah, so it was it was that that 
it was just special and then brazil also the atmosphere was just good the beaches were nice the food was good the olympic uh, the olympics is just uh i would say something special that you only you you need to experience it for you to to believe and understand i yeah. just can't put it to words yeah that's all i can say i can't put it to words it's it's funny you're you're telling us that my daughter's just walked in so we we both froze I was like yeah kids will keep you <laughs> humble going back to our previous one but what I you know I think all of us uh, appreciate living through you and and hearing you share what that meant because we those of us who have followed your career on TikTok and met you through that way which I have to admit yeah. I, I don't know your I didn't know your rugby career I met you through TikTok but then I've have researched and gone back and just been blown away how you have built a career that has transcended completely different genres to go from sport to cooking and to take a love that you had for cooking and then to translate it to content is is not something many people can do and to me it feels like it might be connected to what you said earlier which is that you you joined rugby to get out of poverty or your hope was to to make that club team to be able to yeah. have a, a a maneuvering out of rugby so as you went from kind of career to career was that staying with you this desire like what's my next hustle how do i continue to maintain ah uh, yeah yeah of course of course of course um while i was playing rugby because i knew i always knew i was also unfortunate enough i had lots of career threatening injuries i was uh, through five major surgeries broke my leg even now i have um, a metal plate in my, in my in my leg that i played with so in the back of my mind with each and every injury i knew like the lifespan of a sportsman mm. is, is the same like that of milk today it's fresh leave it on the table <laughs> sleep wake up tomorrow Indeed, it's not yeah. there yeah. so i always kept asking myself like what else can i can i be good at what other passions do, did i have what other what other thing can i pick up because i didn't i didn't have a passion for rugby i just picked it up became good at it and at the end of the day grew to love to love it so i was like what other thing can i pick up that mm. i'll grow to love yeah. and can be a means of earning income at that particular moment in time so and yeah back then social media really hadn't uh picked up social media influencing was not really there it was just starting to come up uh so i i only was on instagram but i was just sharing you know just for us postmen we are just using social media as a means of sharing our our stories our narratives also, uh, about life how we perceive life how life is taking us you know we at with this age you just can't depend on the mainstream media because the news that they want to tell uh, is the news that will grab the that headlines sell, yeah. and most of the time it's not the good news so Absolutely. bad news about you is what will sell so i was just using it to share with people like okay cook these yeah. and stuff and then social media influencing started coming up i started seeing people just being paid uh being influencers mm. and at that particular moment in time i was still in sports and in my opinion uh the biggest sportsmen uh the, the biggest influencers are entertainers mm -hmm. and sports people so i was like this is what i'm going to be doing once i retire from the from the sport so i just need to pick up a niche and i i, I already loved cooking 
uh, more other watching videos of people cook especially gordon ramsay so i used to watch lots of it so um i started perfecting the the craft yeah so i started now sharing photos uh, of whatever i cook on my instagram twitter here and there had cookouts with my friends they were like ah your food is nice open up a food blog so i actually started as a food blogger and, uh, okay, so let me just pause you there so food blogging as you're cooking and then writing about it yeah so that's old school that's yeah that old was school. old school i was Such cooking writing about it faking an introduction yeah. this meal reminds me of my grandmother <laughs> of course my grandmother never cooked that that's why i actually dropped blogging um, so a, a while later on i was like i can't make up any more stories yeah i'm i'm, I'm out of lies i'm out of lies <laughs> I'm more visual because <laughs> even me, how how I consume information is yeah, more visual. Course, not yeah. to, I, I I don't like reading even as much as people say read a book. I don't know. I I don't like reading. I, I'd rather watch something. It it, it, it creates well, that's, a, that's what we're in now. It's yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> it creates a visual. greater impact um, mm. on me. I believe because even cooking, I taught myself through watching, mm. not through reading. Yeah. Like I never followed recipes, and I usually tell people who keep asking me for a recipe. I'm like. I can't give you a recipe because it won't yeah. teach you how to cook. And right. I can't teach you how to cook. Right. I can only show you how to cook. It's up for you to teach yourself how to cook. Indeed. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah. So I started uh, with the food blog and then uh, I really didn't. It was not my thing. I let it die a silent death. I started now posting <laughs> proper photos and then... The pandemic came. Uh, I started now doing videos on my balcony, posting bits, uh, bits here and there on social media, and I'm like, ah, people actually really, really yeah. like the videos more than the the photos. That and works. yeah, that's mm. a nutshell of how I started, which is just but a one percent of the journey. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think that's when we we met you. That's when my kids were watching you all the time during the yeah. pandemic. We were all at home, and they were bringing you to the dinner table. Like, can we try this? I was like, you can try that. Why don't you get in there and, and do that? So, you know, this 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 idea of, of of food is so powerful because we all eat. We all have to eat every day. It's yeah. an intimate experience, you know. Um, and one of the things that's touched me about some of your social influencing, without making a big fuss or making a big statement, we've seen you cook and then pack the food and then take it to different communities, take it to kids. Why has that been important to you? That's another long story. I needed to write a book about my life. Listen, I have time. If you have time, <laughs> I have time. Because I remember um, when I was in Form 2, I was... Was it for yeah, form two? I was bullied a lot at school. At some point, I was like, I was also naughty. <laughs> so at some point, I was like, I've had enough of this system. I'm going to run away from school. So at night, I just jumped the fence, ran away from school. Um, it was all the way in Kisi, Nyanza province. Uh, took a bus, came to Nairobi. And then once I reached Nairobi, I realized, oh, I also don't want to go home. What do I do? I'm like, ah, these guys, uh, the street kids around here look like they are living a good life. It's a carefree life. There's <laughs> nothing. They, they don't have any responsibilities. Let me chill with them. Yeah, so I was a street kid for a week before one of my friends, uh, this, uh, one of the street kids approached me and said, yo, most of us here are here because we don't have families. Um... You, you're here, you have a family, you just have your own issues, you think you need to go home. 
I was like, um, I'll think about it. So it was, uh, but the reason why I didn't want to go home is because I was, after seven days, I was like, now what am I going to tell my yeah, family? The consequences are yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, the consequences will be there. You know, an African home expects some For whippings sure. here and yes. there. So the guy was like, oh, you give me your dad's phone number. So uh, I gave him my dad's phone number. He called him and then my dad just sent a search party. And some, just one day I was just walking in the, uh, in the middle of town. I met my uncle. Uh, took me, we had a proper meal. Mm-hmm. Went home, showered, went back to school. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's why up to today, like um, the homeless or the street kids, they have a special place mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all pass the street kids and... I think we struggle with like what's the best way right to be a, a good citizen to be a, a proper part of the community because they're also our kids yeah. what's something that we misunderstand you know when we're driving on you know james gashuru or elsewhere we're driving through town and we're passing these kids and it's just easy to roll up your window what would what i don't know what do we misunderstand about those kids in their lives um i i don't think you really can blame anyone because Nowadays, it's really hard to yeah. know who's real and who's faking it. Uh, like, lots of people have taken advantage of the situation. There are people actually in need, so it's 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 really hard. It's really hard to know who, whether the person you're helping is genuine or they are they are faking it. So, for me, uh, I usually just go by my gut instinct. Like today, mm. I feel like I have something extra. I'll I'll give it whether you're ripping me off or not. Uh, it's yeah. it's none of my business. I've done my part. Maybe I'm helping someone who is need. Maybe I'm not, but yeah. I've done my social responsibility for the day. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to know. Just help when you can. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I mean, yeah. you're right. I, I mean, I first came to Nairobi. I don't know, 20 some years ago, but Addis Ababa is also home and it's the same in Addis Ababa yeah, as you, it is you, any major urban center. You can't help center. everybody at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, you don't know, you also don't know. And uh, But I think it's it's quite powerful to think about how far you've come and, and just the, the tenderness of that young man to say to you, you have a family. Yeah. Yeah, you must think of him often. I mean, that's really... Yeah, the yeah. saddest part is that... I don't remember his name because we, we never used to call each other by names. I don't, I don't we just used to be like, oh, yo, yo, you just yeah. used to, uh, yeah. Because I ran out of money the first day I landed uh, in Nairobi. I ate a huge, huge breakfast and lunch and I'm like, <laughs> oh, now what am I going to do? And then I figured out these people at night, you know, when these buses come bringing fruits from Tanzania, mm. they usually park down there in Marikiti. So we used to go sleep under under the lorries. Once the driver is asleep, you just wake up, steal a few <laughs> and <run>. pineapples, oranges. <laughs> yeah, when it's cold, you go to the bus station. These buses from up country just go chill by the exhaust pipe. It was nice and warm. Yeah, so it was. I would say it's it was a um, life changing, eye opening experience. I'm sad that I put myself through it, but glad I yeah. went through it. Yeah, and, you, and that you're here to be able to tell us this story, I think, helps us to be better wherever we are. You know? yeah. yeah, I appreciate hearing your story. <laughs> so speaking of stories, you know, you have 
in your platform. I mean, you're a storyteller, you know, whether you're cooking, whether you're talking yeah, about I tell rugby, stories you're, you're, through food, you tell stories through food, which is so, so awesome. And, and we have our favorites. We're going to talk a lot about food in a, in a moment, but you've also been very vulnerable and, and told the story of your own personal health and your public health, and you've been public about it, which I think is really profound in this African context that we're in to talk about your journey with mental health, how you've been, how you're doing, you've been open, you've been vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So what gave you that courage, I think, to be comfortable enough to talk about your own health in the public forums that you've created? Uh, the courage came over the years because um, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2018. Uh, of course, I've been through ups and down, through attempted suicide and everything. So I was, I was basically spent the better part of my late adulthood. Uh, so that's from 2016 till 20, 2019, 2020. They are seeking help here and their medications, trying to figure out what's what's up with me. Uh, and I think at some point I managed to uh, get my life together. I was consistently on, on meds, accepted the, the situation or what I have. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not that serious as I would say it. It's something that's treatable, something that's manageable. Uh, and I think the peace that came with acceptance uh, was like, if I could help uh, someone out there, then it's worthwhile to hear my story. And then I found out that once I shared my story and the more I keep telling people about it, my journey with mental health and how they should be not brush it uh, under the carpet especially african men african households i find like uh, it sort of lifts uh, some bit of weight off my my shoulder sort mm. of uh, liberating as well so for me i accepted it i'm fine it's for me I've, uh, it's under control it's up yeah. to now for me to give back because mm. also as I, as i said i stand on the shoulders of many men um before I go to where I am now, I'm, I've put people through a lot of problems. Yeah, They're like my friends, uh, the likes of Jimani, okay, or my partner. There are people who've, who've stood by me, understood me through all my chaotic years as I was still trying to figure myself out. And I think it's time for me now to to give back so that people know how to ha- deal with these people that we are like regular people in the society actually mental health conditions is just like diabetes you know absolutely as long as you take your meds uh, the doctor tells you it's every other day uh for us like for me what really changed my life a lot is therapy so as long as you do as you're told by uh, qualified professionals you can live a happier and even more prosperous life because my life has been way way better i believe uh, through even therapy no, it's so so important i think the fact that you're in the sports arena and being able to share that is yeah. so powerful one of my friends mugambi and gita uh, recently did a play every brilliant thing that was all about mental i was health. there were you there yeah the first one on yeah. friday yeah and i think it's I just it's so encouraging to see the conversations growing and growing i think there's a a, a I don't know, a moment that we're in now where people are looking around and saying, you too, me too, me too. And there is only going to be, I think, a healthier and better society and culture by everyone telling their stories. You know, it's so powerful. We are slowly getting there, but I think it's still confined in the urban areas. Once you leave Mm. the city, 
people in total darkness they really don't know yeah. what's going on they'll yeah. just tell you it's witchcraft or it's this and that uh that one was just born like that like these things are treatable it's just the information and it's it's at some point it's up us as the citizens you can only do much but it, at the end of the day is the the government is the the the, the, the entity that can yeah. do a lot through their um, health systems do you, do you think that there is a way to communicate to those rural areas? So because, we, we, you know, I think the statistic is something like 80% of Africans live in rural areas. Yeah. So that's a majority of our it's people, majority, you know. Yeah. So do you feel like there is a way that, that if that message was communicated in this way, that we would be a bit more successful? Because that, that's, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It's in the urban areas it's where we have this progress. It's the urban areas where the awareness Yeah, is, so yeah. how do we bring them with us? Because... These conversations, not just mental health, it's so many a other areas we can yeah. say we're moving ahead and we're leaving them behind, you know? I don't know. I think uh, it's it's a tough conversation to have. Uh, but if you look at what really moves the population outside the urban centers, it's religion. Mm. So once religious leaders take up this conversation, then it can be easier for the masses to, to digest. Yeah. But once uh, people who like most religious or religions just keep shining upon people with mental health disabilities saying that all oh, it's evil spirits, you know, stuff like that, superstition, yeah. it's going to be to be difficult because um, lots, lots and lots of Africans are more spiritual and you tend to want to explain everything through our religious beliefs. So we need to break the sort of religious yeah, stigma or cult-like cult, cult behavior that, that we have. Because even me, myself, before I opened up to my, my parents, it, was, it, was, it, it, it took me a while. I, I opened up even to, to the public before I opened up to, mm -hmm. my, to my parents. They, they, they didn't know. And it, at first, it was a bit difficult for them to understand they were like oh uh, there's nothing wrong with you did we we raised you well i'm like you did nothing wrong this yeah. is just how i am it's a chemical imbalance in my in my brain i'm on my meds i'm good and with time the more they or exp i exposed them actually the more i exposed them to information about it the more they understood and even you know sometimes you just have a call and like are you still on your meds i'm like i'm good i'm good she's like don't get off yeah. them there yeah, so it will take it will take time and it will take effort from both the religious leaders, uh, the government, our education system in schools. You know the curriculum. Exactly. It's 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 a lot. It's the same way HIV was exactly was and is still being fought. Yeah, it, yeah. It needs the same kind of effort. It does. I, it, that's exactly what it made me think of is when HIV was really peaking, like in the nineties. It was yeah. the priests, at least in Ethiopia, they had to have the priests say to people. Take your holy water, but also take your antivirals. Like exactly. You have to take both, and and we're going to need everybody to take part in this conversation too. But thank you for sharing that, Dennis. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people, I think, in in silence, cheering you on as you continue to share your story. It's so important. So that's my message. Yeah. So, you know, again, you're a storyteller. So many different stories. We have seen you playing rugby. We've seen you cooking. We have also seen you dancing. We've seen a bit of comedy. I don't like dancing. We've seen it. We've <laughs> seen it. So what, what, which is your favorite? If, you're, if someone says, Dennis, you have five minutes. You've got to give us a TikTok. Which are you doing? A bit of rugby advice, cooking, comedy, dancing. Which, which one are you going uh, for? Now, now I'll say cooking. 
Cooking, then rugby will come. Will okay. come second. Dancing. Uh, if, if there's something else they can add, I'll, I'll kindly tell them to add. I hate, I hate dancing. But you're not bad. I am terrible. <laughs> I am terrible. <laughs> so you're not bad, but you're terrible. I am I terrible. This <laughs> bad. Coachable. I think this bad. Bad. You know, it's what you said earlier. You have to find that you can love it. You have to give space in your heart. To say maybe I can grow to love it. No, I don't. This one I don't love. You don't love. And Fine. I don't see myself okay. liking it. <laughs> Like why why dance why go to if I'm going out? Uh, but sports is like dancing. You have to move your body. You have to follow the flow of the game. It's, it's the same as dancing, no? Yeah, with an outcome in mind. I see. Uh-huh. There's no outcome for win, dancing. Get, what am I dancing? Entertain people. Entertain myself. It's a good time. It's no, a good I time. can watch TV and entertain myself. <laughs> I'll watch people dancing. They'll entertain me. Okay, so dancing is a sore spot. So we'll move back to our cooking questions. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people write about you and they're talking about you and your cooking. When you look at all the stories out there and, and all the recipes and the TikToks you've done, what, which of those you look at and you think, oh, I, I loved that story or I loved that recipe or I loved that that dish really touched um, me, you know? No, that's difficult. I don't have... Like, people ask me, what's your favorite food? I'm like, I don't have my a favorite dish. Because for me, every other meal is exciting because I keep trying out new recipes. Uh, Are you one of those who... Your family never eats the same thing more yeah. than once because it's like another thing, another exactly, thing? Exactly, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> our family. Like, we rarely eat the same thing twice. So like, what do the kids ask for, though? If they're like, Baba, can you make... Do they have a favorite they they're asking for? They have options, for? first of all. <laughs> okay. I like it. They I like that. Yes, don't give them options. That's the number one rule in parenting. Yeah, Do not give options. They don't have options. They'll eat what I'm making, but I always make it exciting because they, they can have chicken four times a week, but they won't have the same chicken four right. times a week. So for me, I don't have any particular food that will say is my favorite. My favorite food is what excites me, excites me at the moment, what I'm trying or what I've, I really haven't mastered making. That's that's my favorite. So food today at it's the Ethiopian. Moment. Yeah, today it's it, it's um, tips. Tips, I love it. Okay, so at least for today, <laughs> June, whatever today is, eighth, it's tips. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a few kind of quick questions, mm-hmm. and I want to preface this by saying. This first set of questions: You are on a desert island. Uh-huh. You're going to get a food delivery once a day. Once a day. And like the kids, you don't have options except these two things. You can pick one. These are curated by our Kenyan team here. You have to choose one of these. There's no choosing anything else. Uh-huh. And there's no, this is the game. So don't ask. In a fault. desert. In a desert, oh, you're okay. getting one food delivery every day and you're having to choose one thing. So the first thing you have to choose on day one is are you picking matumbo or matura? I have to pick. You have to pick. I'll pick That's Mutura. Matura. Interesting choice. Yeah, because at the end of the day, Mutura uh-huh. is Matumbo stuffed with different meats. So okay. I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> you get ones. the best of both worlds. Fine, <laughs> fine, okay. The next day, day two, you have to pick either Pilau or Biryani. In a desert, I'll pick Biryani. This is interesting. You've taken that desert part as the context. You're a real chef because yeah, you're thinking I'm, about I'm the setting. Yeah. And you're probably pairing it with some other side dish in your mind, isn't it? No, pilau is drier than biryani. Indeed. So biryani has a bit more... So it, I'll get also a bit of hydration from biryani. <laughs> this game is going differently than we expected because you're really <laughs> thinking about this. Okay, day three, wet fry or dry fry? Wet fry. Wet fry because, again, desert. Because it's a desert. <laughs> okay, day four... 
chai or kahawa? Ah, this is tough. This one's tough. Okay. Because coffee dehydrates you, you and I don't like tea. Wow. You don't like tea. So what do you drink coffee. now? Coffee. I drink coffee drink every coffee. other day. Okay. In the morning, the afternoon, the evening before I sleep. <laughs> You're my kind of Kenyan. After Kenya. I wake up. <laughs> so I'll go with I'll go with coffee. <laughs> go with coffee. At least give yourself joy. Yeah. Even if you're dehydrated, you're joyful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next. Day five, you're going to get ugali, but now you're choosing what do you want to have with your ugali? Spinach or, I hope I say this right, ma... Managu. Yes, managu. Thank managu. you for stepping in. <laughs> managu. Easy. Easy. <laughs> that was the easiest question. Okay. And then the last day... This is, you know, all-time favorites, I think, of most people, but you have to pick one, chapati or mandazi. Mm. We've stumped the roaming chef. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chapati or mandazi? I'll, I'll go with chapati. I don't really like mandazi. <laughs> so, but you paused a long time. Were you thinking what, 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 what about the, what the ancestors would yeah, say or something? I'm trying to something? think about this. <laughs> Both of them will choke me to death in the desert. <laughs> so, I guess maybe I should have asked you, like, would you prefer mango or pineapple or something like that? I should have given you better desert-friendly options. Yeah. Huh? No, okay. but chapati, 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 chapati any day. Mandazi, actually, it's, it's been in, it's almost a year since I ate mandazi. Really? You yeah. just don't, you're not a sweet uh, guy? I, yeah, I don't have a sweet tooth. Yeah, you're a proper African then. You're not a sa- savory guy. Savory and spice. <laughs> That's fair. So Dennis, I mean, the, the, the cooking has really captured our imagination. As you mentioned earlier, you won Africa's top content creator for TikTok in 2022. We were all like, that's amazing because we've all seen your Senegalese counterparts. So we were like, what? Dennis has, has championed. <laughs> we were all so proud. You know, Thank but when you, you think about what's next for you, what's your, what's your next chapter going to be? Uh, my next chapter, I, I don't know. But um, at the end of the day, what I'm doing now, it's working for me now. But I, I know myself. I'm someone who gets... I don't want to say bored, but always looking up to uh, forward to the next uh, adventure. Uh, so, and I, at the end of the day, uh, thing now that I have kids, it's all about. Um, I stop being selfish. I don't want to jump around from hobby to hobby. Uh, now it's all about leaving a legacy mm. um, uh, for my for my children, and I think, yeah, cause. Yeah, when I'm old, I don't want to say, oh, Dad, what did you leave me? Well, I have an Instagram account with 10 million followers. That's what I'm living yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I want, uh, I want to leave them because I, I have dreams of opening up a restaurant. It's still work in progress. So that's something that I will want to leave my, my kids with. So, But that's the long-term plan. But at the moment, I'm just enjoying myself. Um doing social media content creation um i love the environment so working with partners who uh, deal in conservation of the environment and serve like doing i i want to do more charity work yeah mm-hmm. so that's because those are the stuff that give me joy cooking used to give me joy but then i came to realize that 
now it's what is giving me an income at the end of the these things are starting to work now i approach it like i'm doing work i'm, sure. I'm almost like a perfectionist and sometimes it's a bit stressful you know if once you turn your hobby into work it becomes there's some stress factor that comes yeah. with it so for me charity uh, um, taking care of the environment now things that give me joy i like that i like that you know there's a lot of people who are listening and watching your career both from the sports angle as well as the content creation who are learning from what you're doing and and i'd be curious to know if if they were to ask you a couple of questions about your career what would you say has been your best failure my best failure uh my best failure oh my best failure i think i made the first olympic team um but i w- i didn't i was not able to make the second one because i didn't attend most of the training sessions uh, like the coach told me yes um you're a good player <laughs> you deserve to to go but there are other people more deserving than you who've been attending the sessions they've been training the team all year through and yeah back then i was still 50-50 about my rugby career I was still a good player but I was like the income that it's giving me now with the kids is not enough so I was always outside I was shooting some TV cooking show here and there so yeah it hit me hard I was sad I missed out on the Olympics but at the end of the day looking at how far I've come I'm like it was a it was a good choice yeah yeah that's a big one. Yeah. Not making the Olympics, but like you said, it brought you to where you are now. Yeah, exactly. Well, we we always like to ask people, you know, before they leave our show, two questions. We like to equalize it because we have people here from so many different walks of life. So we always like to ask everyone, what's your favorite drink? You said kahawa already. Yep. So, is that is that your favorite drink if someone's like having you over coffee? It's going to be coffee, coffee day and night. Yeah. <laughs> and you day drink it black. Night. Black Earlier. with no sugar. No sugar, no cream. Actually, That's... I like the... Um, there used to be these Ethiopian restaurants at my former residence. Like, we had this strong coffee that comes like a shot. Yes, yes, that's how we make it in the small little cups. Yeah, yeah the jebana and the little cups. Yeah, keshkesh yeah. maybe? I, is it keshkesh? I don't know the name. Okay. It was just... It's a bit bitter. Yes. It's, it stains your teeth a bit. <laughs> <laughs> stains your teeth and your heart you know stains your soul but it's 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 i think the best coffee i i, I ever had i used to frequent that place every other day wake up in the morning yes i have my regular instant coffee at sure. home but then i pass by there i have a cup and i feel like my now i can start my day and also in the evening especially after i've had dinner i usually just come down take another mug it doesn't bother your sleep you're made differently. I don't know. That's that's because that, that, that coffee is strong. Okay, so next time we're together, I'm, I'll show you how to make the coffee. Yeah. Because this is something passed down. You know, you wash the beans, you dry oh, from them scratch, from, from the scratch. Beans. Oh, then you know, have you been a cof- to a coffee ceremony, Ethiopian coffee ceremony? No. Oh, you would love it. You know, this is how we honor guests. We we wash the beans and we we gather people around. And and if you're in a traditional home, every day there's a coffee ceremony. You sit around. This is how we pass the time. You have a small fire in your house, like a small mm-hmm. jiko. You roast the beans. Then you pass around the pan. Um, it's called a makashkashia. And then you have it, everyone smell it. Like There's some people who don't even drink the coffee, but they like the, they smell. Like the smell. Then you pound it. Then you make it for your, for your guests. And it's like the way that you pass the afternoon every day. 
You would love it. Sounds like a good social event as well. It's a beautiful social, and then you have your popcorn, of course. Yeah, Yeah. there were also always free popcorns when I was getting my coffee. Always, Always free popcorn. Okay, so that is a TikTok waiting to happen, the whole coffee ceremony. (laughs) So, okay, Kahawa for the day. And then the last question is, you know, we we really focus on stories of joy and justice from Africa and the diaspora. So today, what is bringing you joy in your life? What's bringing me joy in my life today? Hmm. I will say... uh, it's my kids. Yeah. They, since they came into my life, my life, I say, has changed for the, for the better. My priorities have changed. You know, for the longest time, you know, I was always that carefree guy, living for the moment, living for today. I get money, I spend, I know I'll get more <laughs> money. But now, for the first time, I'm, I'm, I found myself, you know, uh, thinking about education plans savings you know uh in case my sources of income dry out now i need to be able to sustain them for at least an year uh, a year without any income so yeah kids taught me how not to be selfish that the world doesn't revolve around me and i have other people who depend on me yeah so yeah for me the kids are the people who bring me the greatest joy in my life as much as sometimes which i know everyone goes through kids can be irritating you know you just wish they get to bed they sleep so the noise comes <laughs> down but as soon as they sleep as soon as you also come down you just can't wait for them to wake up again tomorrow yeah, yeah so yeah. that's kids for me that's beautiful 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 i just love that well, we have had such great joy being with you today and just having this time to with you. I mean, it's been, we've cooked together, we've laughed, you told us about your life. It's been such a pleasure and an honor to have you here, Dennis. No, no, the Thank pleasure you. was all mine. I'm I so love grateful. it. I'm so grateful. Asante sana, sana. I'm as so long grateful. as I'm getting spices, bread, bread. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've yeah. sent you home with some tasty awaza. You have to let me know what you, what you do with it. I'm curious to see what you might do different with that space. I'll still do the same tips. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you'll <laughs> elevate it somehow. It'll be tips no, 2.0. Some, some dishes are better, you know, just the way they indeed, are. Indeed, indeed. Like that tips, I just like it the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's a high compliment. I'm not going to argue with that. Ah, it's good. It was good. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today. Thank so you. grateful. <laughs> so I hope you have all taken something away from this episode. Perhaps you, like me, will now cut your onions and your tomatoes a bit better, or maybe you will reach out to a mentor or a mentee this week because of what you heard from Dennis. Either way, I just, I'm just leaving the show lifted and inspired by Dennis's words, his generous spirit, his humor, uh, his cooking, all of it. So Dennis, asante sana, amasagana lo. Thank you so much for being on Salam and Hello. And readers, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message. Let us know what you think maybe Dennis should make next, or who you'd like to see on the show. We'd love to hear from you. So send us a message, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know where to find us, at Salam and Hello. And of course, you can go old school and email us as well, lily at salamandhello.com or producer at salamandhello.com. Either way, thank you for listening. We're always grateful for your time. And be well. We'll see you next episode. Are you, are you drinking, I hope you're not drinking instant coffee like most uh, friends of mine with the much... I am a man of convenience, so instant coffee, every day, every day. It's convenient. No, let me take this thing That's is a fruit. That's why I put sugar in my 
tea or whatever i don't chew sugarcane okay <laughs> now listen listen all right chew your sugar cane everyone likes a good piece of sugar cane however coffee is meant to be respected we just buy it because it's because it's there you know it's not Let like we you. enjoy it is that why the tv was broken because no. sasha heard this and she was like baba you have to stop drinking this instant coffee how did that is that that must have been it no sasha 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 Actually, how she broke the TV was actually to some extent. I I I don't blame her, of course, because I was I was there. I should be I should have been watching, but I was busy editing some video for TikTok instead of spending time with my kids. Mm-hmm. And if you had drank real coffee, you would have had the energy <laughs> to do both. You could have kept the kids and edited at the same time. No, but maybe mm-hmm. it was a blessing in disguise, you know, because now we have a couple of brands approaching us to get us <laughs> newer, bigger TV. I hope Sasha gets the TV. No, they'll still be watching the cracked one. No. <laughs> You're going to make them watch the cracked one? They have to learn. For how long? Just indefinitely. No, not indefinitely. For a time. Just for a time. Because even now, um, um, they want to watch cartoons. I don't want to tell them the TV is broken. I turn it on so that they can see it's broken. They can only watch one character on the cartoon on the left side. Oh the one on the right side is not visible. <laughs> they are like, what's the problem? I ask, who broke the TV? Sasha. And then they fall silent. Yep. Well, let me tell you, coffee could have fixed that. But anyways, we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> as long as I'm getting now the real coffee from you then. There you go. That's a new deal. Salam, hello, done. Coffee, veggies chopped. We're sorted. Done. Done. <laughs>